Hi, this is Pam with Must Love Food, and today in our hot seat uh, across the uh, telephonic waves of whatnot, uh, I've got Amanda McFarland, our digital editor here. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all sort of forced to pivot during this work from home period of time that is um, becoming a little bit more normal. Um getting used to that new normal, but, um, and you're our digital editor here at Cuisine. So um, working from home, you do work from home a little bit. So it maybe came a little more easily for you. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's definitely uh, more conducive. This position is more conducive, I think, to working from home than what you guys have had to go through. Um, Just knowing that you're in the kitchen a lot more, most of my job is on the computer. So um, I'm like very used to like, just kind of settling in and, you know, sitting at my computer. And um, my previous job before this, I worked from home also. So I have like a dual monitor set up. So it really doesn't feel much different than working in the office to me, except I don't talk to you guys as often. Right. And but the- you have done some development in the kitchen. So yeah. do you miss that part of it? Um, well, I'm still cooking at home. So <laughs> um, it's a little less stressful than having to test a pavlova 18 times to get it right. But, oh, yeah. you want to talk about that? <laughs> oh, geez, do I want to talk about that? I've tried to block it from my memory. <laughs> okay. Well, it turned out to be a great rest. Last, uh, well, I should say this I think it's for our, our April, May, or April, May issue. Is that right? Or May, June? What? May, June. May, June issue, correct? No, that was. Um, Jean Feb with the, the Pavlova. Oh, yep. I am so sorry. I am so off my game. I just can't remember. Um, so, so then, um, yeah. So then everybody probably has already gotten that, um, yep. issue in house. Yes. And, uh, that was a down under desserts that you worked on and, yep. uh, but Pavlova, you kind of was near and dear to your heart. So you really yep. wanted to work on that. Yeah. I mean, I love Pavlova. I'm maybe love it a little less now. I have not <laughs> ventured into making it again since I developed that recipe, but yeah, I love Pavlova. I've made it quite a few times at home, um, using different recipes. Um, some of them were failures and some were great, but, um, working on this recipe I kind of got to make it my own. And, um, I hope I solved a lot of the problems that I had using other recipes and throughout the testing process. So hopefully everyone will make that recipe. We should definitely link it in the show notes. I think so. Well, and it's an interesting point that you bring up that that's part of our job. Part of our job is to go through the painful process of having some mishaps in the test kitchen so that hopefully when, um, if we have to troubleshoot it for somebody at home who's making it, then we've kind of experienced something and we can help walk them through the process. That is part of our job is to... Um, push the limit to try different things, to create something that is a tweak on something. So I think, I mean, I, I was there while you went through that process. I know I tried to help troubleshoot some things that you were experiencing. Um, so, I mean, that is part of the job and, uh, and it is an interesting thing. And I don't know if you feel this too, that, um, sometimes, you love, we love to make something. And then after you've made it, I used to experience this a lot when I would have a dinner party. I, when it came time to sitting down, I didn't want to eat at all because I'd worked so hard at something. I just wanted a glass of wine and have everybody else enjoy it. The same thing I'm sure when you're testing a recipe that many times. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm the same way just in terms of 
just cooking dinner. By the time I actually have dinner done, I'm like, eh, this doesn't even sound good anymore. And if I pour myself a glass of wine, I usually forget about it the whole time I'm cooking. <laughs> so I come back and I'm like, I'm just going to sit here with this warm glass of wine and <laughs> just watch everyone else eat. So that's kind of how it is to cook, I think, if you cook a lot. I agree. I'm right there with you. Um, so what would you say now? I know you um, have worked from home and you dig into the archive and you try to find relevant content for people to put on our website and our um, social pages. So if anybody doesn't know already, our website is cuisineathome.com. Our, uh, and then we also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Um, follow us if you're not following us already. But you've kind of changed some of the posts that you are um, putting up during this um uh, pandemic period. And, um, so you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to find recipe, cuisine at home recipes that are a little more simple, um, use pantry staples more. Maybe, maybe you have to go get a couple fresh things, but for the most part, they're pantry staple recipes. Um, I wouldn't say I'm completely doing that, across the board, but that's kind of the pivot I've made to a lot of the recipes I'm posting on our website or on our Facebook page and our website, I guess. Um, but in terms of sharing other content, I've been seeing just a lot of really great stuff put out by other brands. Um, so that's one thing I'm sharing more on our, our Facebook page, page especially. Um, just shared something from Taste of Home, I think, last night about how long uh, fruits and vegetables last in the freezer. And I thought that for me, that was really helpful. And I was like, mm -hmm. it just seems appropriate to share. Cause sometimes, you know, we can't create that content right away. So sharing it like on our own brand. So sharing it, um, is great for us just to Absolutely. be able to help our, help our followers and the people who, you know, like our page. So. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things I know that you are kind of a big advocate for and you really employ in your own kitchen is meal planning. And I'm just curious, and, and you and Maddie, I know, collaborated on a recent article, and then Maddie wrote, I think, another article. And so there's some really good content on our website, and I know you've posted it on social media as well. But I'm curious um, how that has worked for you during this period and if you're still doing that and or what are the things you've maybe changed up um, with meal planning during this period of time? So I guess the first thing I should say is that I've always been a little bit of a food hoarder, like beyond this pandemic. I, <laughs> you know, I have like a full stock of all the like pantry staple, like, you know, well, basically everything I wrote in that article, um, I wrote an article for the website of how to stock your fridge, pantry and freezer. Um, that was pretty much just literally me telling you what I have in my pantry fridge, pantry, and freezer pretty much at all times. So I always have more than I need. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do cook a lot. So I like to have, I don't want to need something and realize I don't have it. So um, I have a lot of the basics. So really grocery shopping for us lately has just been going, getting like meat, fresh produce, um, some fruit, and then just like if I run out of something, you know, a few pantry staples, but it's really been focused more on just the, the more perishable stuff that we need to replenish. Um, so what's funny is I actually haven't been like meal planning like I normally would. I've really just been looking at what's in the fridge 
um, or the knowing what kind of protein we have in the freezer and just creating meals off of that based on things that I have at home. So I had bought like last night, for example, I had bought cabbage like a few weeks ago and I had mushrooms in the fridge and I had a leak and I had, I saw this recipe in the cookbook six seasons for cabbage and mushroom hand pies. So I literally had everything I needed um, in the house. Like, you know, the other things were like Dijon mustard, lemons, which I always have, um, and balsamic vinegar and Worcestershire. Those are all things I always have. So I really didn't, I had to purchase nothing to make this recipe. And that's what I made for dinner last night. So how were they? They were so good. I'm going to have them for lunch again today. <laughs> um, they were excellent. So yeah, highly recommend those. Get the cookbook six seasons and look for that recipe and oh. all the other recipes. Who's the writer of the cookbook? Do you know? It's Joshua McFadden. Um, okay. It's really based on, it's pretty much a vegetable focused book. I think it goes from like A to Z vegetables and then different recipes for each one. It's like a fantastic cookbook. I, I highly recommend it. Um, that's my first recipe making it, but I've seen a lot of other like food bloggers making recipes from that and um, everything. It just looks fantastic and um, like fresh. And yeah, so that was uh, what I had for dinner last night and probably lunch today and maybe a couple more days this week. <laughs> so you're walking the walk in terms of um, cook from your pantry, cook from your fridge and really just being sort of creative and adaptable. Yep. Sounds like. Yep. And I'm, I, every year I, I always set a goal to waste less food because it's something I'm not proud of, but I do waste food more than I want to, um, you know, let things go bad or forget about something in the free fridge or whatever. Um, so I've been really more cognizant of that lately and just trying to find ways to repurpose things into other things. And, you know, that's, it's important in times like these, but I think it's always important no matter what's going on in the world um, to waste less food. So it's a goal of mine. I've been doing better at it. So pretty excited about that. It's one that thing is I'm... good. Yeah. So I have a question. So you said you knew that you had those ingredients. So I'm just curious, which came first? Did you find the recipe and then you looked for the ingredients or you found the ingredients and you thought, okay, how am I going to use these ingredients? No. So I had them, I had bought them a couple of weeks ago, actually. And they were just like at the at the borderline of being needing to be thrown out or used. Mm -hmm. um, and I had watched on Instagram, I had watched a person who operates mad hungry. Mm -hmm. um, I had watched her make these cabbage and mushroom bean pies. And she said, what cookbook they were from? This was like a few weeks ago after I'd already purchased things. I saw this post and then I just decided that that's how I was going to repurpose those into, cause originally I think I was going to make, fried chicken sandwiches and make a coleslaw, which is why okay. I bought the uh, cabbage. And then I always have mushrooms because they're one of my favorite things. So I just bought them anyway. So it was just kind of funny how it morphed into a completely different recipe. And also something that I can throw in the freezer. So yeah. I have six hand pies in the freezer that I can take out anytime and eat. So nice. it's always yeah. Well, one thing to note, and I didn't really... I looked at the post um, that you shared from Taste of Home about produce. One of the things, folks, if you don't know, um, cabbage is, is something that pretty much lasts for a while. So it is good to when you're buying, because I'm a big fresh produce person and I've been trying to, um, I layer, I buy the big tubs of, um, of greens for salads or whatnot, or 
Um, I also bought a big tub of spinach because you can always cook that, which is a great thing. So if you think it's going south, I think I mentioned this last um, podcast, cook it. But cabbage, so, oh, the big tub of um, greens, line it with paper towels and then layer, do layers of paper towels and greens between them to help lengthen the time that they're good for. But cabbage is something that lasts for a while. And um, I think um, like uh, uh, romaine lettuce is another one that will last for a while. It's good to buy some of those heartier uh, uh, Brussels sprouts, those as well. Yeah, kale, all of that kind of stuff. So the heartier greens will usually last. The more tender greens are the ones you need to kind of use a little more quickly. Well, that sounds delicious. And I love the creative way that you just kind of put it all together. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were excellent. But yeah, that's kind of how I've been cooking. I've been, uh, I mean, I have a pretty extensive cookbook collection, so I'll like pull stuff off the shelf and just see what I might be able to make. And I think it's just, luckily I've pretty much been able to make any recipe I want lately just because I've tried to keep my fridge pretty well stocked. So Um, something, I'm just thinking about this, substitutions. I mean, I think that's something that people need to just have a little bit of free reign with during this period of time too. Um, I was on Facebook the other day and a guy that I know on the East Coast was, he had some pappardelle and he he was asking what to do with it. And I said, well, I said, of course, bolognese. And, And then he he lives on the, the, he lives in New Jersey, um, where I grew up and my family is. So I think about those people and hoping they're not going out very much. And he was discussing going out to get some scallops, which he ended up doing. And he, he cooked a Guy Fieri recipe with, I think some arugula and scallops and whatever with, for one night when he had mushrooms and, and then he did a, um, bolognese the next night but he had frozen venison and I said yeah go for it I mean I gave him a a link for a giada that my parents used to make it's a very simple bolognese I would go with a slow simmered cooked bolognese that would be my preference but I'm not going to go to the grocery store so what do you have at home and it's a pretty pantry um, specific recipe and so uh, people I think need to have some um, uh allow themselves some creativity in substitutions. Um, but I, um, I think that's just an important lesson to learn in general when cooking. I think yeah. people get very tied to the recipe and like it has to be made, exa- especially maybe people who aren't, who are newer to cooking or don't yes. cook as often, they get very tied to that. And I think uh, just learning how to let that go is a makes cooking less stressful but B, it really helps in times like these where maybe you don't have a, like, you know, fresh basil. Like that's something mm-hmm. that I don't have right now. And I've had a, pulled a couple of recipes up that called for it. And I'm like, well, just going to leave it out. It doesn't make or break something. Um, yes. Baking is a little bit different, but yes. luckily baking, uh, a lot of that stuff is stuff you probably have anyway. Um, I know flour is a little bit hard to come by right now. Um, but I have seen a lot of people on um, Facebook. I follow a lot of different food groups, and uh, people are saying that they're it's easier to come by. It's becoming easier to come by. Same with yeast, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of people are baking right now. That's a huge, mm-hmm. just crazy. Like so many people baking bread, which I think is great. I love. Are, are you doing that at all? I haven't. No, I don't think I've baked any bread. I really want to start a sourdough starter. Um, I know you had talked about potentially wanting to do that too while we're working from home. Yes. I just, I have a list of, of articles I have to write this week. So it's um, following down, falling down on the uh, to-do list. 
but I actually do have a sourdough starter in my fridge that I brought back from the East Coast after Christmas um, that I've kind of let go dormant purposefully because I had the flu um, and it was a respiratory flu at the beginning of the year. Um, and um, so I was not making bread and then just life got busy and all that kind of stuff. But um, so I do, and I will say this, when I moved apartments last, a couple of years ago, I had had um, the woman, I uh, can't think of Winslet, Wislet, um, fermentation on wheels. She had come through Des Moines and she had done a fermentation class free at one of the community gardens. And you can either buy or trade different fermentation things from her. And I bought two starters, oh, but cool. I let them go. One was a 100 year old starter oh. and the other was a 75 year old rye starter, I think. But um, yeah, that's a really big one right now is um, yeah. sourdough. Well, I know we have our milk bread recipe online. And do we have our noni bread? I wonder if we have that. Um, I don't remember, but that's actually okay. one of the breads I wanted to make because I've never done the no need bread before. And I want to try that um, because I, it's easy. It's it so is. Easy. I developed those recipes, both the milk bread and the no need. And the no need is based on um, Jim LaHaye um, from out of New York, uh, Sullivan Street Bakery. That's his process kind of thing. And um, so it's uh, it's very easy. And it, you yeah. basically just need a cast iron pan to cook it in. Um, though I think we also did a tip recently that if you don't have a cast iron pan or you could, oh, somebody was having trouble getting in and out of their cast iron. They cooked it on a pizza stone, just the bread, and I think covered it, flipped over. The um, cast iron pan was flipped over. So that's another way if you have trouble getting it in and out of the cast iron pan. And you're talking about like a Dutch oven, right? Yes, Dutch oven. Excuse me. Yep. Dutch oven. And so I think ours is a whole wheat. And then we also have a cinnamon raisin, which well, I'll tell you, talk about testing a recipe a lot. That one I tested a lot. The cinnamon raisin, cinnamon retards um, yeast development. And so it was trying to figure out when to add it into the process so that I wasn't killing the loaf of bread every time. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> that by the time that this podcast comes out, those will definitely be on cooking. Um, yes, exactly. That's been a really major focus for me, um, just having, you know, a lot of kind of un, I don't want to say uninterrupted, like it's a bad thing to be at the office and be interrupted, but I've had a lot of time, stretches of time where I can just like hunker down and just focus on stuff. So I've been trying to get a lot of our content on the web, on our website for people. Um, we're trying to build um, the website up even more and we have 22 plus years of content that um, you know we really just haven't had the opportunity to get on our newer website so um, that's been a huge focus of mine it really helps I think um, our editorial team when we're trying to write articles for our website when we have the content there to refer to we can point you to recipes that we want you to look at because they relate to our article or you know one thing that I'm working on right now, which is taking a lot longer than I'd hoped, is building up a nice big list of pantry staple recipes. Um, but that also involves getting the recipes on the website. So that's a huge focus of me as the digital editor um, is just getting our content up for people to be able to access and see. Um, that's, you know, that's important to, uh, like, that's what we want people. Yeah. We want to see people that way, um, giving them what they what they're looking for. 
Yes. Um, well, and I was going also going to mention too, if anybody is listening and are, they're having trouble with a recipe or they're having trouble with like a question regarding making something or substitution, just connect with us on social media. Um, so we are on all the platforms. Um, so look for us there. If you're not following us or liking us, we've got a lot of content out there and, um, and on our website, cuisineathome.com. Um, yep. there's lots there. They can send us messages. Um, one of us will respond or we'll figure out who the best person is to respond and forward it on to them. Um, but yeah, we, we'd love to hear from people and, you know, especially, I think, especially in this time of people are cooking and baking more and they may not be able to access all the ingredients they need, how we can help people to adapt recipes for what they do have at home. Yeah. Cause normally I recommend when somebody is making a recipe, I always say, especially a newer cook, but even, I mean, even myself, I mean, I, I probably can take greater liberties as you can, um, and many other professionals, but especially if it's somebody else's recipe and it's not ours, I try to follow it pretty much the first mm -hmm. time yeah. you might adapt a slight thing here or there, but again, we are professionals. And then once you make it the first time you realize how you want to adapt it for your own taste and your own style. Uh, right. So I normally recommend that, but these are different times. So if you don't have an ingredient or you're really unsure about something, um, don't let that preclude you from maybe trying something that you have all the ingredients for or most of the ingredients. And um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, um, so I have a good sense of how uh, we are getting along digitally here in our work from home period. And um I know you're cooking and I know that you are um, having uh, uh, good meals because uh, <laughs> that's something that is right up your alley. And I love when you mentioned that you have a lot of cookbooks because Amanda is our source for if we are in need of a resource or um, a book of some sort, she's our first, really, we look there before we look in our, our uh, corporate library. Yes, I probably have it. I've pretty much had every book that people have asked for. So. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a blessing and a curse. I'll say that. I <laughs> used to be that person. It's hard. Yes, I used to be that person, but I have uh, lightened my load over the years. And uh, yes, good or bad, but a books yeah. are really heavy to move and expensive. Yeah. Oh yes, and I've moved them many times, but I love them. They give me joy. I read them like books like a novel. So I'm not Marie Kondoing those out of my life. I hear you. Well, let me, you know what, before we close, let me ask that. If, uh, is there a cookbook that you would maybe tell people during these times? Is anything speaking to you more than anything else or? Uh, I know this is kind of a, just throwing you out, throwing that question at you. Um, well, one cook, there's actually two cookbooks. I just, mm -hmm. just got, I've only made one uh, recipe and it was a cocktail out of one of them, but I'm a Francophile. So I love like all things French and, um, Melissa Clark, um, famous New York times food writer, recipe developer. She just came out with a book called dinner in French. It's gorgeous, super unique takes on classic French food. Um, it's just really an awesome book. I haven't cooked anything from it yet, but I plan to hopefully this month. Um, and then David Leibovitz, mm -hmm. famous, ex-pastry chef, but more of a baking blogger now, lives in Paris. Um, he just came out with a cookbook called Drinking French. And I love the way he writes. His stories are funny, um, educational, just really great. And I mm -hmm. made 
um, something, one of his like very popular cocktail recipes right now is called a rosemary gimlet. And I made that on Saturday night and it was fantastic. Um, it has gin, a rosemary simple syrup and lime juice. And then I did a little topper of Prosecco with it, which wasn't in the recipe, but I really loved that bubbly in there. Um, and it was excellent. So highly recommend those two cookbooks, um, especially if you love French food. Um, and those are two really, really well-renowned authors who pretty much you can trust everything that they make um, to, to be good and to work out. I'm with you on that. Uh, I like both of those authors and um, I love a gimlet and I love rosemary and I have limes and I have vodka, but I don't have rosemary. So I might just have to make the gimlet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It is, it is so, so good. Um, like the rosemary was, it, it was there, but it didn't overwhelm. Like sometimes rosemary can do. And oh, I don't know, highly recommend that recipe. And also that is on his website. I, that's it's in the, his oh. new uh, cocktail book, but it's also on his website for anyone that wants to go make that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I can't. Is it just David Lee? It's David Leibovitz. Is that his website? Yes, yep. right. Yep. Yeah, DavidLeibovitz.com. Com. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for helping our listeners understand a little bit of how we're proceeding in this time of trouble. And um, we're here for you guys. Follow us. Listen to us. Ask us questions. And please visit CuisineAtHome.com. Thanks for joining. Come back thanks. next time. Bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.